Hi everyone, you're here with the second season of Floater Founder. I'm your host, Samantha Lloyd, here as always with my co-host, Liza and Casey. Hello everyone. And today we have the pleasure of speaking with Kathy Chang. She is the president of WSN Co. and is also the founder of one of WSN Co.'s stock apparel lines, which is Redwood Classic classics apparel so thank you so much for joining us kathy um for a bit of background can you tell people what is ws and co and how does redwood classics apparel kind of tie into that okay wonderful hi thank you so much for having me it's such a pleasure and uh, shining some light on some made in canada locally made products here um proudly made in toronto essentially uh ws and company we are a full service apparel manufacturer um proudly producing on Canadian soil. We specialize in private label manufacturing for a number of retail and designer brands. We really focus on, you know, quality, quick to market, being very flexible, um, and really our collaborative approach in terms of how we do product development and bulk production. So it allows our brand partners to really focus on what they're great at, as well as us being able to focus on what we think we're pretty good at. Um, I would say Redwood Classics is basically the factory's in-house brand and also our wholesale division. And this was founded about 10 years ago um, when we re- when my dad and I restructured our family business. So WS & Company um, is a family business. We have been um, manufacturing on Canadian soil for close to 30 years now. So, um, you know, typical immigrant story. My father came to Canada with my mother and... You know, again, your typical immigrant story where we came from very, very humble beginnings. Um, My dad used to work three jobs. I was a latchkey kid at the age of five, and I'm an only child. And uh, moving to Canada really changed the trajectory of our family, and especially with the factory. So in 1988, my father and his two siblings decided to open up a small sewing contracting company with five people and ten machines. And then um, you fast forward to the 90s, and they had scaled it to a point where we were directly employing close to 500 people. We became a full-service apparel manufacturer. Um, At one point, we had knitting, dye house, warehouse, embroidery, screen printing, cut and sew. As you know, China joined WTO in 2001, and we, of course, started to see the writing on the wall when you're competing, you know, 10 cents on a dollar on labor. It becomes very challenging to be globally competitive. And fast forward to 2008 was the financial recession. And by that time, I don't believe the business landscape was able to support the infrastructure that we had built and scaled to. And we were down to about 100, 150 people. It became very clear that we had to make a decision and the family decision was, do you retire or do we retire like most textile families have? But I call it my aha moment where at the end of the year of 2008, I'm standing on the production floor. My dad just asked me to be his business partner. And I think and I stand there and I go, I've had this phenomenal life and this experience that I've, you know, the education that I have. Um, because of this factory, because a number of our makers. Uh, January 2009, my dad and I became business partners and we humbly restructured under WS and company um, with 40 people and moved into one of the factories that we had outgrown. Fast forward now, um, pre-COVID, <laughs> um, you know, we've, we've definitely expanded. We've almost tripled our headcount. And um, the story of Made in Canada has never been stronger than now. That was a beautiful history of your company and your family's story. And I'm really glad that you guys made the tough decision to stick it out. 
when things were really challenging. And um, I couldn't agree more that now is a great time, especially for made in Canada goods. People are really excited um, to find products that are truly uh, part of that vertical integration that you mentioned, like products that are fully made in Canada. So congratulations on that. Yeah. And and, uh, and so, like, yeah, so, so COVID is, is really showing the, that there's a lot of benefits in, in, in keeping your, your production lines close to home. Uh, can you talk about uh, some other benefits that there arise from uh, Made in Canada and from, from keeping your production line close to where your goods are being sold? I mean, quality assurance throughout, your quality control, um, you know, us as a vertical manufacturer, that is why, you know, we've, we've expanded our value chain time and time again is to ensure that we are able to, to monitor and be close to the quality of it. Uh, sustainability as well, I think, is really important. At Redwood Classics or WS and Company, I think sustainability is a twofold. The environmental impact is, you know, that's, that's table stakes, right? The fact that we're made domestically, we're minimizing um, carbon footprint, um, and then also the socioeconomic impact of being made in Canada and the sustainability. And again, it goes back to the immigrant story and the number of immigrants that we've onboarded until this day. I mean, um, part of it is because of the skill set, but because we ourselves were an immigrant family and we've all experienced situations where, you know, you're new to Canada and you don't have Canadian experience. Well, how can you get Canadian experience unless someone gives you an opportunity to build that Canadian experience? So we know firsthand that, you know, through our business, we've also been able to make a socioeconomic impact, not necessarily just the mobility of my own family, but a number of our makers as well. And those that have touched us in their in their past careers. As the president of both WS Co. and Redwood Classics, can you talk about how your roles differ between the two and kind of where your focus is? Or are you equally split between both? Yeah, so my dad and I are business partners, and um, I think we make a great team. I mean, just like any other partnership, and especially when you throw in the complexity of, of it being a family business, there will be challenges. Um, however, our skill sets, I think, complement each other. He very much manages the production side of things, the operations, and he's the one who makes sure that, you know, the the standard, the quality standard is there, him and his team of executives. And if I look at just our team of, uh, you know, our supervisors on the production side, including my father, there's over 100 years of domestic experience. That's not a lot of factories I can say that, right? Um, and so we've learned through the years, uh, there's definitely challenges when you're making in Canada. Um, I would say one of the things that we have done over the last 10, 12 years, 10 or 11 years is constantly reinvest in our infrastructure. And so when my dad and I first restructured, we were a cut and sew facility. We had some fabric. Um, and then we made a conscious decision to really stock a lot of fabric as, as a manufacturer. And so unlike a typical way where I'm going to wait for an order, go buy the material and then turn it around, we started taking a position in fabric. And so we called that our novelty knit program. I also found in the beginning, um, you know, just like any upstart, right? I look back and yes, there was the legacy of a family business, which we were very, very, very fortunate about. But there was also, as you know, you restructure with 40 people, I'm jack of all trades. And uh, I still remember the reason why Redwood Classics even exists 
is I was getting phone calls and believe it or not, I was getting end users calling and we didn't have a label of the factory. We have a CA number, which is identification of um, who the manufacturer is. So I started getting these calls and people would say, I bought the sweatshirt 10 years ago. I've washed it a million times. I absolutely love it. Where do I get more? I love the fact that it's made in Canada. I love the quality. And so the light bulb went off and said, you know what? There's a niche market out there. And this is, you got to remember 10 years ago in the height of fast fashion when, you know, it was, what is the cheapest thing out there? It wasn't what's the best quality. It was how much can you make, how much can you sell and how much can you buy? So then it'll end up in landfills. And we kind of went against the grain. You know, the aha moment was, look, there's a need, there's a niche. And if we can be the top of mind in this niche market, we'll be happy because while we're doing that, we're adding a sustainability component where we're putting quality goods out there and you're not putting it in landfill or it gets passed down, right? Like it'll last you the way a product should be. It isn't meant for fast consumption. So that for us was really important. And also we were making jobs. Like we have seen through our roller coaster of, you know, the factory during the heydays, when it was high, when it was low, and realize that we've lost a number of really highly skilled people, tradespeople, because there wasn't work. When you're fighting against offshore production and Canadian labor rates were, you know, were so much more expensive than what you can get offshore, that becomes challenging to compete. And so you know, always focusing on quality, the fact that we're made here, it was a socioeconomic impact. And the truth is we want to give back to this amazing country that really has given us so much. A lot of times um, in a company, there, there, there requires some difficult decisions and difficult conversations between partners. Uh, do you find that because you're working with, the da- with your dad and your, the rest of your family, that does that become easier or more difficult? Uh, I think the grass is always greener wherever you are. <laughs> Uh, I would say it goes both ways, you know, depending on the topic, depending on what it is. Um, I think also I consider myself, even though I'm an immigrant, I'm a one and a half, like I'm a first generation, but not really. Um, my upbringing was very traditionally um, Asian, uh, culturally, I still am. And, you know, uh, what I've learned over the years is how do you learn appreciate and take the best out of your heritage, your legacy and evolve your business and move it forward to modernize it. So having said that, will there be challenges and will there be difference of opinions? Absolutely. Um, But does it make for uh, a more productive outcome because of these challenges? Absolutely. And just like any other relationships, there, there will be challenges. But it's that diversity of thoughts, that diversity of voice that I believe and I hope will continue to make us stronger. Yeah, that's great. And um, to speak more to vertical integration, because I think it's so interesting and unique to a Canadian company. Um, can you talk about actually the process of finding and running a factory in Canada? What does that look like? It's challenging. It's wonderful that consumers are now being conscientious and they're saying, I want to buy domestic goods. But a big challenge is labor. 
Where do we get that skilled labor? And it isn't as easy as, oh, I know how to sew. It takes experience. A lot of this is hands-on. And so, um, you know, you've got the Fashion Exchange from George Brown, which is a wonderful program because it's very encouraging to see, um, you know, colleges recognize that there's a need for this trade. Um, so going back to what does it look like? Labor, you know, skilled labor can be challenging, um, especially when you need that experience. Yes, we use sewing machines, but the sewing machine is just a machine. It's just like when we talk about technology, a technology is just technology. An app is just an app unless it's being adopted and used by the user, right? That's the magic to it. And it's the same when it comes to um, apparel making. And um, I might be diverting a little bit here, but I think one of the challenges over the years is because so much product is made offshore, it's in another region, it's out of mind, out of sight. And so we're not thinking about the people that are making it. And I have to say, when I think back of when I first restructured with my father and I said, okay, we, I want to be a voice for our makers. If it wasn't for our makers, we wouldn't be able to do what we do. It's good to hear that George Brown and other places are still supporting that trade. I definitely think it's important and that that interest in Made in Canada will only continue to grow. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think there's, for us, what we've been doing time and time again is reinvesting in our infrastructure. So, you know, we we started off with our novelty knit program. So as a factory, we stock a lot of fabric. And then from there, we realized, okay, there is a niche for uh, well-made, high-quality products um, that you're not necessarily paying an arm and a leg for the branding. So we provide through Redwood Classics a high-quality premium blanks program. And we stock them with and without labels. Now we are able to democratize fashion in the sense where you do not necessarily need to hit our factory minimums. You know, you don't necessarily need this infrastructure. And this was all, you know, to support the e-commerce as e-commerce is growing. Because then you're now you have brands that could, you know, support a made in Canada product with quality and all of that. And we can do, we'll put a label on for as little as 12 units, which is very low. Wow. Yeah, that's super low. low. That's awesome. So for my last question, uh, can you tell me something about yourself that's not on your LinkedIn page? Something about myself that's not on my LinkedIn page. Wait. So I don't really sew. (laughs) Um, Years ago, I think I could do some, uh, I could do, I I could apply your label. I think I've forgotten how to thread up my machines. Um, So that's probably not on my LinkedIn page. Um, Another thing that's probably not on my LinkedIn page was I grew up in the family business. So I still remember when we were five people in 10 machines, I remember cutting threads being in quality assurance. I still remember the very first brand name we ever made uh, for at that time, a very iconic Canadian brand name that has now been sold to uh, an American company in the late nineties. It was exciting. And my father and I, I remember at one in the morning and I was packing with him and it's a very special moment. I remember because you realize the hard work that's needed it's great that we're making for this great brand name, but you also realize that you need to have hard work 
You know, you can be amazing at what you do, but if you don't work hard and you don't seize the opportunity, it's very challenging to become successful. If you don't try, you'll never know. That's really great advice. Well, thank you so, so much, Kathy. We had such a great time speaking to you. I love learning about your industry. It's super unique. And congrats again to your family on such a successful and really cool business um, in Canada. And for anyone interested in Canadian-made goods, whether for your business or personal, um, go to Redwood Classics, check out WS and Co. And thanks again, Kathy. On behalf of you know our family of makers and our supply chain partners from our knitters to you know our embellishers to our dye house, local dye house processing. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to Floater Founder every week. We look forward to bringing you more content from more amazing people in our city. Until next time.